Kindly turn your Bible to Psalm 110, the psalm that was sang just now. Psalm 110, which can be found in page 606 of the Church Bible. And also, if you can turn to your church bulletin, the middle page, page 7, you'll find the outline for the sermon today. And there's a correction. In point number 6 is the Lord's perseverance. It's not that perseveration, but the Lord's perseverance. Let us pray. God our Father, we give you thanks for this wonderful time you've given us, Lord. Lord, as we look to your word, we pray that you speak to us, Lord, and help me to preach your word with faithfulness and with clarity, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Dear friends, last Thursday, in the church calendar, we celebrated Ascension Day. It is a day where we remember our Lord Jesus Christ is ascended back to the Father. This took place 2,000 years ago and during the New Testament period. However, as we hear every week, Jesus is not someone who came out of nowhere, then crucified and suddenly raised from dead, and then suddenly after 40 days he's ascended. No, no, no. He's actually a savior who'd been prophesied since the fall of man. When God first prophesied about Jesus saying that he would send the serpent crusher in Genesis 3. And from there onward, there's a lot of prophecy about Jesus Christ coming took place. Many people, many prophets, kings, and so on prophesied about Jesus Christ. And some display the typology of Christ in their time and during their life as well. But nevertheless, King David is very unique actually. He was not only the type or he played the typology of Christ in his life, but he also prophesied about Jesus Christ in many of his psalms. And today we are going to look at one of David's psalms which makes a significant prophecy of Jesus' ascension and his rule over his people. So friends, let us look at this wonderful psalm, Psalm 110. Again, it is in page 606 of your church Bible as we look and ponder at the sermon today entitled, The Lord is at the Lord's Right Hand. Friends, if you look at the title of the psalm, it says, A Psalm of David. It shows that this psalm is written by David. But scholars suggest that the psalm is written after David became a king. So he wrote this psalm after he became a king. And then he opens up this psalm. He says, The Lord say to my Lord. Friends, if you observe carefully, David spelled the two Lord in two different ways. The first one with all capital, L-O-R-D, everything is in capital. Another one, only the first letter, the L, is in capital. This inscription itself tells that when David wrote this psalm, he's not right, writing about himself, but he's prophesying about Jesus Christ. Yes, you heard me right. I just said that David prophesied about Jesus Christ by rejoicing him in this psalm. Why do I say so? The Lord, with all capital, L-O-R-D, is indicating Yahweh, to directed to the God, the Father. And the second Lord, with capital L, indicates Adonai, which means master, ruler, lord, or king. 
So, but putting together, David is writing and saying that the Yahweh says to my Lord, oh my king. Isn't it weird? David is the king of Israel. But he's indicating that Yahweh is talking to his king or to his Lord. When there's no such person at David's time. That is why I'm boldly saying that David is actually prophesying about Jesus Christ. Someone greater than him. And even Jesus claimed this truth in the Gospel of Matthew as well. And not only that, David continued to write in the same verse of, of his Lord's place. Yahweh said to the Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Friends, right hand is a very significant place in a kingdom. That is why we can see that even the disciple fought to be at the right hand of Jesus Christ. But here, God will make Jesus Christ to sit at his right hand. This is the exact thing that we can see even, Jesus, even John foresaw in the coming kingdom in Revelation, that the, the lamb would be at the right hand side of the God. And not only would that be so, but God will also make Jesus' enemies as a footstool for Jesus. Friends, being made a footstool is a, in ancient time was a powerful picture of victory and having a complete control over his enemy. He's just saying, that's like, I put you under my leg and that's it. You have no say anything. So the Father is making covenant with Christ that this, his enemy would be his footstool and Christ would have complete control over his enemies while sitting at the right hand of the Father. And friends, in verse 2, we can see actually David prophesy of the Lord's power. David did not only indicate God's promise of making enemies as Jesus' footstool, but he added, the Lord or the Yahweh sent forth from Zion your mighty scepter, rule in the midst of your enemies. God actually will send from Zion, which is a significant place of highest authority, a mighty scepter. Dear friends, a scepter is the symbol of a king's right to rule. So from the highest place, God gave Christ the right to rule over his people and also more powerfully to rule over his enemies. As we can read in the second part of verse 2, it says, rule in the midst of your enemies. And then he continues on in verse 3. And this verse 3 has to do with the Lord's prosperity and the promise that is given through this Lord Jesus Christ. David wrote, Your people will offer themselves freely on the day of your power in holy garments. Friends, this picture should be very familiar to us as a Christian. Jesus not only will receive the power from God, but through this power, God's people will be offering themselves. In other words, actually, on that day, when Jesus sits at the right hand of the God with this power, we as believers will be offering ourselves to Christ because of the salvation that we receive through His death, through His resurrection and also the ascension while wearing a holy government. And also, we can see the same picture in Revelation where the God's people will wear white robes like a priest, rejoicing and praising God. But not only that, there's more promise in the same verse. 
Look in verse 3. He says, From the womb of the morning, the dew of your youth will be yours. This is quite a confusing statement from David. But the meaning is more or less like this. As the morning brings forth pervasive and all-encompassing dew, so the Lord brings forth a multitude and a world-encompassing volunteer who serve Him with freshness as a youth, with energy like a youth, as dog one meter says. So friends, this God's people will continue to multiply and all this because of ascended Savior and His gospel that continues to shine forth to all nations. And then, in verse 4, it stress the depth of the promise that is given to and through Christ. You look at verse 4 and it says, The Lord, or the Yahweh, has sown and will not change His mind. We can see that David is stressing that God will not change his heart or his mind because he saw, and that's it. And this is because God has made a covenant and it will stay forever. We saw some of this in the first three verses, but David added another one, another one promise in verse 4 as David continued to write and says, You are priests forever after the order of Melchizedek. Now, God is declaring that Jesus Christ is a priest forever. And that is to say, He is a permanent priest in the order of Melchizedek. But what is this order of Melchizedek? Friends, if you look at Genesis chapter 14, we can see Melchizedek appears and gives bread, wine to Abraham and blesses Abraham in God's name. And then Abraham gives him of his everything of the battle. So Melchizedek was a king of Salem, the old name for Jerusalem, and he is the priest that has been appointed by God himself. And friends, if you know the law of the Moses stipulates that all priests had to be is from the tribe of Levi. So in the order actually to this prophecy of David in verse 4 to be fulfilled, this old priestly order need to be removed. And that is what exactly Jesus did. Through his death, through his resurrection, and through his ascension to the God's right hand, we can see in Hebrew that Jesus set aside all these commandments. Jesus, indeed, the last and permanent priest in the order that had been set few in the Old Testament. Jesus Christ, he'll be the eternal priest who made sacrifice of himself once for all. Not a sacrifice that we made every time, but once for all. And He will be our advocate on the, our judgment day as well. And friends, as our fifth point, the Lord's wrath and punishment in verses 5 and 6. Remember, in the first verse, we saw that David prophesied about Yahweh saying, Christ to sit at His right hand. But now in verse 5, the whole picture changed. We can see actually David now prophesying that Jesus is already at the right hand of God. Jesus took his appropriate place, which is the right hand of the Father. My friends, he's not taking a place to sit, relax while watching TV or football games and something like that. You know, when we go back home after work, have a cup of coffee and sitting. No, it's not that. He is sitting there and will bring forth the wrath and punishment to his enemy, 
David writes, look at second part of verse 5. He will shatter kings of the day of his rod. He will execute judgment among nations, filling them with corpses. He will shatter chiefs over the white herd. Friends, Jesus' ascension and sitting at the right hand of the Father is not only a good news, but also it's a bad news as well. It's a good news for the believers. It means He will advocate for us and bring us to God's kingdom. But it is a terrible news for those who did not put their trust in Jesus Christ. He will shatter the kings. He will execute judgment among the nation. He will shatter the chiefs. Friends, not only that, He will filling them with corpses and casting them far away over the wide earth. This is the picture language of eternal death. Those enemies will be getting their punishment. Jesus will send them straight to hell where they will be suffering, have no end. And that's it. That is why I say it's a good news as well as a bad news as well. And friends, in the last verse of this psalm, it's a great reminder of Lord's perseverance on completing His works. David wrote, He will drink from the brook by the way. Therefore, he will lift up his lid. David uses a picture language which he borrowed from the time of Gideon in the book of Judges, in where the warriors who are going for war drank water from the brook on the way to war. And we can see they were refreshed, re-energized in completing the war. They did not take a break, but rather they were refreshed to destroy the enemies. And that is exactly what David brings out from this verse. He is showing that Jesus will not, stop in, will not stop in completing his job. When he came in the first coming, Jesus did not stop until he's completed his work on the cross. He does not take a break, neither has he failed, but he persevered and completed his work and was resurrected on the third day and ascended into heaven after 40 days. And but brothers and sisters in Christ, in his second coming, again, Jesus will persevere in completing his job. That is, to bring back God's people back to God's kingdom, but at the same time, to bring punishment for all his enemies. He will not stop till he completes his works. I would like to mention here what Crick Patrick wrote in his book. He says, in hot pursuit, of his flying force he halts, but a moment to refresh himself and then presses on to his final triumph where he will lift up his head. And that is exactly what Jesus will do. He will continue to save his people from his, their sin. At the same time, he will continue to see that his enemies are rooted to his final triumph. So friends, as conclusion, I would like to stress three important points so that we can take back home as we look at this wonderful psalm of David concerning Christ. First, let us rejoice together with David. This is indeed a wonderful psalm in which David rejoices. He rejoices in Jesus Christ and all the promise that is are given to and through Jesus Christ to all humankind. He is living in the pre-Christ time. But we who are in the post-Christ time. We have more reason because we have seen exactly what Jesus Christ did for us 
that gives more reason for us to rejoice and praise God. He has sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to this world to live as human, to suffer, to die on the cross, so that our sin would be forgiven. However, our Lord is not dead, but He is a true living God. He was raised from the dead on the third day, and after 40 days He was ascended to God's right hand to rule over us. How marvelous, right? The King Himself came to save us and bring us back to God's kingdom. So let us continue to rejoice and praise Him and God the Father as well. Second, put our trust in Jesus Christ. However, remember, not all will be saved. It is only those who trust in, or put, those who put their trust in Jesus Christ will be saved. And that is my second point. I would like to rejoice with David for those who already put their trust and faith in Christ. And would like to encourage you to hold fast to this faith. But for those who have not put their trust or faith in Jesus Christ, I would like to take this opportunity as well, together with David, his psalm, to warn you that the day would come where the enemies will be punished. The Lord will be at the right hand of the Father, and He will execute punishment upon the earth, and each enemies will be punished. My friends, remember, the day is not here yet. We still have time to renounce sin and evil and put complete trust and faith in Jesus Christ. I would say, do it now and today. Do not wait till tomorrow because tomorrow itself is uncertainty. We do not know what will happen tomorrow. Jesus' second coming would, can happen anytime, any moment. And friends, as our third point, let us remember to surrender everything to God's hand. The battle is not ours. We can face a lot of persecution because we are holding, holding fast to the faith. Life would not be easy but full of challenges. Those unrighteous people seem to prosper in their way. Remember, these are temporary. The Lord will come one day and make these people who are His enemy as His footstool and execute judgment upon them. And remember, He would not stop till He finishes His work. But we can take courage that on that day, our suffering would end, our persecution would end, our hard time would end. The time of joy and happiness will take place in our life. Our ascended Lord will ascend us together with Him to God's kingdom on that day. Take courage and surrender everything to God's hand. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks for this wonderful psalm, Lord. Through this psalm, you reminded us of our ascended Lord who came not only to suffer, to die or to, for our sin but also he ascended back to your right hand to rule over us we give you thanks that through this king you've given us assurance of salvation as well a great reminder of the bad news as well so God help us to continue to rejoice like David putting our trust and faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. And help us, Lord, to surrender our situation and our life and ourselves to your hand with the reminder that you are in control of everything, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.